Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Howdy, y'all. I'm Christopher Pinto with Belly Up Fantasy Sports. I'm here with the Belly Up Fantasy crew, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Uh, This is Belly Up Fantasy Live. Yeah, man. So excited to be here. It's the first time we're doing this. I cannot wait uh, for this to become a regular thing. We've been, what, we've all been on Twitter. We've all been writing articles. But first time you guys really see our faces and get to interact with us, and we'll hopefully make this a weekly basis. I'm Dan Man. I'm host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. You can always find me on Twitter at Show. We got a lot of stuff going on there as well. Tom here. I'm the department head at Belly Up Sports, so I'm running all the information over at Belly Up Football on Twitter, as well as you can always find me at Belly Up Tom. Uh, so any of the you know information on football, I'm your go-to guy. Aside from fantasy, that's Dan's Dan's world, <laughs> and I live in that world. Guy okay, Houston. Hey, I'm Houston. I'm the lead dynasty writer over at Belly Up Fantasy Sports. Um, breaking down some of my top dynasty uh, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks right now. And you can follow me at FD Houston W on Twitter. What's up, everybody? I am Zach Mack. You can find me at It's Zach Mack on Twitter. Uh, I know the least about football at this group, but you'll figure that out probably pretty quickly. Um, you can find me over at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Uh, it's a hockey podcast. Um, and then over at What's Up Belly Up. Do that with Mike Brown, uh, where it's just kind of like a headline uh, podcast. So, uh, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk football. Real and quick, like, Zach, I'm a little surprised how much football memorabilia you have. I'm looking at your hats in the background there. I was, I was pretty confident you only had hockey stuff. I'm kind so of so I do have I do have one of every hockey team, but I the original goal was to cover at least every division in pro sports. So I think I have every division in the NFL covered. Oh, hats off to you, man. That's pretty impressive. Hats <laughs> off. And like I said, I'm Chris Pinto. I'm lead fantasy football writer at Belly Up Sports. Um, let's get into the news and let's talk Gronk. Uh, he's been the biggest headline of the week so far. Um, Dan, what were your takes on Gronk coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, well, first of all, I thought it was awesome because anything to make New England irrelevant again would be great. Uh, but mostly, I'm really curious about this, right? Because Gronk, he's coming off that back surgery. The whole reason why he quote-unquote retired, yet suddenly Brady goes to Tampa Bay. He's like, oh, guess what, guys? I'm healthy enough to play football again. Send me over there. So I'm going to kind of curious to see. He was supposed to be doing a wrestling event, so he was already gaining weight. He's up to 250 right now. There's a pretty good chance he's going to be at playing shape come August, so I'm not really too concerned about that. And from what I've heard so far is that Bruce Arians plans on using him in two-minute drills, 
uh, crucial situations, red zone situations, stuff of that nature. He's not going to have him line up on the line of scrimmage to actually block defensive linemen as much anymore. He might do some crackdowns uh, from the flex out position. But as long as that's going to be the case, it's going to wear, it's going to take down the wear and tear. If Rob Gukowski, let's say he turns into uh, a Mark Andrews as far as playing snaps go. There's no, he could definitely put up the similar type of numbers, uh, especially with the touchdowns he's able to score. So I think this is going to be more relevant than I think some people out there really want to give it credit for. Sure. And Bruce Arians has said no risk it, no biscuit. That's the team motto, right? Um, using Gronk in the red zone, how do you feel he will fare throughout the year? I know that some ESPN analysts have come out and said he's going to score under six, seven touchdowns. I think it's going to be a little bit more. I think it's going to be higher than that. I think Houston was right along that as well. Uh, maybe not as high as I was, but I've got pretty big plans for Gronk. Uh, I saw that last season, Tom Brady, at 10 yards or more, had eight completions. The season prior to that, when Gronk was still there, he had 22. Uh, I feel like Gronk's going to be a big, big-time red zone target, like you were saying. Uh, Zach, what was your take on that? Uh, I mean, if you're as a fan, football's better with Gronk in it, honestly. So I, th- I think... It was nice to see him come back. I knew at one point that he, there was like a trade agreed upon, I think, with Detroit, but he was like, I'm not going to go to Detroit if, you know, Brady's not my quarterback. So it makes sense that this is the only way he would come back. It's interesting that it's Tampa. Like, if you would have asked me two years ago, like, that these two guys would be playing in Tampa, I would have said you're crazy. So it's it's <laughs> it's a little different, but, you know, I'm excited about it. Right. He has to give up the uh, the whole mass singer as the white tiger and then he's still the wwe 24 7 champ so they let out a or they released a tweet where he could be celebrating a touchdown right now and go through a table uh <laughs> so houston what was your take on the whole gronk thing i know that's been buzzing around i know you wrote an article about it and it was really good you were one you're one of the first people on it so hats off to you yeah it was nice to see gronk's back playing football with tom brady um from a dynasty perspective If you're in a win-now situation, I think Gronk, you could probably get him for a cheap price. And uh, I don't think Gronk will be do a ton in the yardage category, but I, like you said, he's going to be a touchdown monster with Tom Brady again. And I just think that uh, it's good that they're both playing again together. Well, I have you early projections on what round I could take Gronk in in my own fantasy football league. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't take him too early, okay. but uh, probably later ninth, ten round pick for me. I just don't think he'll finish as a top ten. He will get some big touchdown weeks, maybe catch one or two, but other than that, I it's kind of hard to see how many receptions and total yardage he'll get. But right, okay, well. On along lines of more news and no news and notes from the league, uh, Tom, we were talking about some rumors that were going around the NFL. Could you enlighten us on some of that? Yeah, I mean, obviously the draft. There's always a lot of trade rumors going around, so we had quite a few that going into the draft and as we start going through it are still kind of uh, circulating. Um, starting off with the Bengals, obviously the number one pick, Joe Burrow. We'll get into that later, but uh, you know, with him coming in, the big question is, what do they do with Andy Dalton? You know, he could be a starter in another team. So do they trade him out and what can they get for him? So it's going to be interesting to see if they try and trade him during the draft or wait until it's over. Uh, the Jaguars, you got a couple guys coming out. Uh, Fournette coming off his best season yet as a pro. You know, they're trying to dump salary. You're in full rebuild mode. 
not a bad idea to get rid of a, a slightly aging running back when he still has some value. Uh, and then Ngakwe is, of course, down there blowing up Twitter, coming at the owner's son, trying to get himself out of there. Uh, I don't know that he's helping his case, and I'm not sure that he's going to be going anywhere. I'm not sure if any of you guys uh, have seen what he's been saying down there, You know, if you have thoughts on whether or not he might be ruining his case to go somewhere else. I mean, I don't know if he's ruining his case. I do think he's about two seconds away from just pulling out his pants in front of everybody and say, trade me now, please. So <laughs> he could be pretty close to doing that. But I think anybody, any other team would want to take him. It's just, he's just trying like hell to get out of there at this point. And I don't, frankly, I don't really blame him, especially after what they drafted uh, Clavon Chase on. So that, yeah, there's no point for him to be there anymore. Yeah. I mean, that was a big, big hit for him with bringing in a, an, you know, edge rusher there. He doesn't really have a need anymore. So I'm curious to see what happens with him. Uh, of course, the Redskins have been shopping Trent Williams for a while now. Uh, there's a lot of offensive tackle needy teams still. Uh, you know, the Eagles are apparently not sold on Andre Dillard uh, at left tackle. They're not sure if he can play in Philly. Uh, it's a tough environment. Uh, other than that, obviously, the Tampa Bay Bucks still looking for help to protect Brady down there. Browns could always use some O-line help, and the Giants are always uh, trying to protect their new franchise quarterback and running back. I don't know if any of you guys saw all the tweets that were coming out after Gronk unretired. Um, Barry Sanders and Randy Moss, they all tweeted out saying, hey, I want one more shot. Did y'all see the Percy Harvin up the on-ramp at lightning speed at 185? Did y'all see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just come on, dude. Before you have like brain illness for the rest of your life, just please do us all a favor and stay on the sideline. <laughs> the big news out of that, though, is Pat McAfee is kicking balls again. So the big question is, is Pat McAfee going to be in Tampa this year? Dear God, I hope not. No risk, of no risk right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. A couple other names just to keep an eye on. Obviously, free agent quarterbacks are making a big uh, difference on where teams are trying to go in the draft this year. You still have Cam Newton out there uh, coming off some injuries, but it's sounding like he's healthy. So he could probably be a pretty solid starter for a team. Um, Questionable if he can get back to his MVP days. Uh, And Jameis Winston's still out there. You know, the the top in interceptions last year, but he's got three categories. You know, be interesting to see who might pick them up. Are they going to be starters? Are they going to be backups? Uh, some of these teams that are picking up rookie quarterbacks this year, you know, do you try and get one of these guys on a, a one or two year deal and, you know, have them kind of redshirt your rookie quarterbacks, if you will? Sure. One more thing for Houston and Dan. Uh, I actually own Leonard Fournette in a dynasty league. What do I do? Do I need to sell, sell him, sell him, sell him right now, or should I hold him? Go ahead, Houston. Yeah, so actually I've had somebody messaging me on Twitter asking about the future of Leonard Fournette. It wasn't me? No, it wasn't you. (laughs) People must be wanting to know. Um, He's a high-volume guy, so I mean, I I like him. He really increased his pass-catching role last season, which we haven't seen ever. Um, I think that he would probably stay on the Jaguars this year, but – Whatever team he gets traded to, if he does get traded, I would still keep him in your dynasty league, um, unless he goes to like the Redskins or something. But I still think he holds value. He got he had many touchdown opportunities last year, but never fell in the pay dirt there. So I think 
going into 2020, his touchdown number should really increase, which make him top 10 running back. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, we have to assume he stays on Jacksonville. Uh, we haven't seen any of the top three running backs come off in the first round. So there's not a lot of places open right now for running backs as it is. So if he can continue to get the same amount of touches that he had on Jacksonville in the passing game, his touchdown numbers have to progress uh, just just based off of sheer numbers, just based on average. It was un- unbelievable the way they did. So the Jaguars still have to do something to the offensive line because it's it really has not improved since last year, and that was really the biggest issue. But as long as he's going to continue to get the volume, he is a massive human being. I think he's a very good running back. The one place I would like to see him go if they were able to move on from him, though, would be the Chargers and kind of replace Melvin Gordon over there with Austin Eckler. That would be the place I'd like to see him go, uh, especially with Anthony Lynn, the way he calls offense. But as of right now, I have to expect him to stay with Jacksonville. You have to expect him to continue maintaining at least his low-end RB1 production. If he's able to convert at the average rate for touchdowns, he would have finished as a top-five running back in fantasy football last year. So you kind of have to keep that in mind heading into next season. So I would hand, I would stand pat with there with Leonard Fournette. Excellent. Then I will. Um, right before we get into the draft analysis of the first round, uh, Zach, tell me your take on these war rooms that we've been seeing. I mean, we've seen anything from a Winnebago to a super yacht. Uh, what were you seeing? How did it, how did it affect and or how did, how did you react to it? It's hard to, honestly, it's hard to pick like a favorite one because I'm looking at it and I'm like, these are all dream scenarios. You know, like if, <laughs> if you can't go to something live, like the best, next best thing is to watch it in front of your face on a flat screen TV. So I feel like they've all got it made and, you know, some of them got like six screens. Um, I can't, who was it? It was, it was a Sean McVay who said he got set up set off a spaceship uh like that's honestly what they looked like but yeah i like detroit's got the uh the it guy in a winnebago out in the driveway that's classic yeah that's classic detroit just you know <laughs> yeah i saw weird. um cliff kingsbury and his huge house i mean we, you saw that on the belly up uh twitter account and then you fast forward to jerry jones aekdb kappa sig jerry jones from arkansas uh in his super yacht and then you fast, or then you look over and you see the Grudens, and they've got their kids there. It just looks like it's in a, like in, like in a room. The big thing with Gruden, though, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he did show their entire draft board to the entire world last night. Is that what that was? It was I thought weird. I saw a whiteboard back there with names. I couldn't see if there were names on it or anything like that. But yeah. wow, that is a Gruden thing to do. Absolutely. Snap shot and zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood. Well, let's break down the first round, guys. How's that sound to y'all? Good. Perfect. Okay. So, obviously, Joe Burrow went 1.01 last night to the Bengals, as everyone thought. Um, how, does, how does that affect the fantasy landscape, Houston and Dynasty? Yeah, so I uh, did a little search, and today I have the 101 and two of my Dynasty startup for the season. I'm just trying to decide whether I should take Joe Burrow or hopefully find a running back at the 101. But Joe Burrow is going to be a good fantasy quarterback for many years to come. thing about quarterbacks is they just have a longer NFL career. So if you're struggling at quarterback, Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals would be a great pick if you're playing in like a super flex dynasty league and I, if you have the one-on-one in a Superflex Dynasty League, I would highly recommend taking Joe Burrow. 
Excellent. Dan, you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, not particularly. Uh, just outside of Dynasty, obviously Superflex, you're taking him one-on-one. That, that's number one. But outside of Dynasty for redraft, I've been kind of talking up Joe Burrow this entire process because we knew he was going to go to Cincinnati. Um, and I've kind of just been talking about the fact that with Zach Taylor finally going to have the chance to run the system that he wanted to run last year but didn't really have the opportunity to do so. You have A.J. Green, you have John Ross, you have Tyler Boyd. Everybody fits their role perfectly as is, especially if they stay healthy, including Joe Mixon. The offensive line's gotten a little bit better. They should get some guys back from injury. So he's got a real shot here. If you're a type of person who likes to take a quarterback late, 13, 14, 15th round. Joe Burrow's probably going to be there. He is redraft worthy in that situation, even as a rookie, just given the type of offense they're going to have. It's a bad defense. They're going to have to score a lot of points to keep up. If, if nothing else, there's going to be garbage time in the fourth quarter for these for these guys for production standpoint. So he's one of those guys that I'm, if you want to wait on quarterback, I would like Joe, Joe Burrow as a sleeper in redraft leagues. And looking at the quarterbacks that were taken in the first round, Jordan Love to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers' replacement probably. Uh, I mean, the guy, that was crazy. They traded up for him. No one saw it coming. Uh, between Love, Herbert, Tour, and Boa and Burrow. Well, <laughs> Love, Herbert, Tua, and Burrow. Uh, who do you guys like and who do you think fits the best there and who will be most relevant this season and, and moving forward? I'll take this year. For in a redraft perspective, and I know uh, Dan probably won't agree here, but uh, I think Justin Herbert will be the best quarterback just year one. Obviously, long term, I would totally take Joe Burrow or Tua, but Tua probably won't play 16 games this year if he even plays at all. I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw enough interceptions that uh, Flores will have to put Tua in. And, uh, but Herbert's joining the Chargers, and he's going to have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and uh, Austin Eckler. Great, great uh, pass catchers around him that will make him successful year one. Great pass catchers for him to throw low and outside to. Yeah, look, I, I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert. That's not a secret if you've listened to my show at, at all. I think the guy it reminds me too much of Josh Allen in the, uh, in the sense of he's only going to complete 55 to 58% of his balls on a, on a consistent basis. His mechanics have not improved in the four years starting with Oregon. I think he has a long way to go to read defenses. Tyrod's going to be the quarterback, I believe, at, at least at the start, but at least I think throughout the entire year because I think the Chargers have a real, real chance – of being a playoff contender. And if they're going to be a playoff contender, I don't see them turning the reins over to Justin Herbert this season. Down the road, we'll see what happens. I do agree with your uh, with your two a point, though, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He will start – Ryan Fitzpatrick will start week one. I do not believe that we will see him starting come week 16. I think that will be to at some point. I think he's a lot healthier than people want to try to give him credit for or just have totally ignored the uh, the doctor's reports on them so far, which has been he is fine. He can have out football activities now if he really wanted to. So I think you're going to see two at some point this season. I'm going to have to agree with Houston on the whole Herbert to the Chargers thing. Uh, he did score a 27 on the Wonderlick, and in college, he had a 64% completion rating. So a little bit higher in college, but obviously not the caliber at the NFL level. Uh, I do like his fit, like Houston was saying. Um, and it I helps when you're on bubble screens in that Oregon system to kind of bump up those numbers. Oh, look at his throws down to the field. They're not very accurate. So Austin Eckler is going to have a big year, right? Could be, could be. I mean, Phil Rivers is the same boat, and Austin yeah. had a big year. It could very well be the case. 
For sure. Let's get into what everyone was wanting to talk about, though, the wide receivers. Let's break these guys down. Uh, Zach, who was your biggest surprise, and tell me why. Uh, I, so I, I was surprised. Honestly, I thought Jerry Judy would be the first receiver picked. I was surprised that he wasn't. Uh, I don't know how surprising that is overall, but uh, I thought that, especially Las Vegas, I thought I just thought Jerry Judy made sense in Las Vegas, but um, I, he went to he goes to Denver instead. So I, he's got he's got Drew Locke slinging him the rock. So I, I don't know if if I'm Jerry Judy, which I prefer, but to me, I thought he was going to go to Las Vegas. So did I, uh, and then I was reminded of Darius Hayward Bay. Couple seasons ago, the Raiders just love fast, fast receivers, and Henry Ruggs III is definitely fast. Uh, Dan, how? What's your take on the 49ers' new wide receiver? Ugh. Ugh. Well, first of all, look, I can't talk about this without mentioning the fact that there's no reason on God's green earth that we needed to trade up to 25 to get him. He would have been there at 31. And that was proven by the fact that no team between 26 and 31 took a wide receiver. So clearly he was going to be there. That That's first and foremost. That driving up walls is. Then the fact that you trade up, you get Brandon Ayuk over T. Higgins, over Denzel Mims, both who have much better ranges in their potential with the abilities that they have on the outside. Brandon Ayuk has a long way to go as far as a route runner is. He's really just better after the catch. He's not great really as far as the nuances of the NFL receiver. He just has a long way to go. He has potential, but he's he's a two-year development project. You took in the first round. You're supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team. So no, I'm not happy with it. Now for Brandon Ayuk, for him, he couldn't have found a better spot for him because he's now going to have the opportunity to start pretty much day one, which is not something I think he was going to find himself an opportunity with had he gone anywhere else. So for Brandon Ayuk, his dynasty value, his possible redraft value, he, he landed in the best spot for him. But as a 49ers fan, I was absolutely pissed. Tom, what was your take on Jerry Judy? I know that Zach had mentioned him. Uh, how do you feel like he fits in Denver? You know, I think that he's going to be good. Uh, I think Drew Locke is, is going to be a good quarterback. He needs some development, but in his first year in the games that he played, he didn't look bad. Um, you, know, you do have Cortland Sutton out there, who very good receiver, but when he's the only guy to rely on, it's going to be tough for him to break out. I think that pairing him up with Judy is going to really spread the ball out more for him. And I think that both Sutton and Judy are going to have much bigger years than, than a lot of people think. How do you feel about Jalen Rager at the Eagles? You know, I uh, initially I was not stoked about it, I'll be honest. I know Eagles fans everywhere are pissed. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick, though. I think that uh, his combine speed doesn't really show, you know, when you look at the film. He's much faster than they ran at the combine. Um, I think that a lot of the drops that he was seeing are also blown out of proportion. When you look at the accurate targets as far as the top receivers in this draft, he was dead last. He only had 31% of his targets that were accurate targets. So really when you're looking at, you know, true freshman quarterback with him his last year in college, his numbers were, you know, you expect him to drop off. I think that you put him in a, a system with a decent quarterback like Wentz, um, yeah, I think that he he gives them the ability to stretch the field along with Jackson. You don't have to rely on one guy to do it, uh, and it opens up the whole team underneath. Okay, so with Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb going to the Vikings and the Cowboys, they're obviously the clear-cut number two guys in those offenses. 
How do you guys think that they'll fare throughout the year, and where would you draft them? Go ahead, Houston. Yeah, so uh, I really like both those destinations. C.D. Lamb's my number one wide receiver going into this draft class. And as I was watching the draft, I saw the Cowboys come up, and I was like, I really hope they take C.D. Lamb. Yes, he joins an offense that has Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and uh, new tight end Blake Jarwin. However, I think that Dak's going to have a big year. CeeDee Lamb probably won't finish in the top 15 wide receivers, but as a out of the rookies, I think he will have one of the better years out of the rookie class here. I really like Justin Jefferson playing for the Minnesota Vikings. The thing is, Adam Thielen plays primarily in the slot. So does Justin Jefferson. So which one will slide outside is still up in the air. I would think it'd be Justin Jefferson that would slide outside, and uh, Kirk will have to find uh, his new pass catcher, Jefferson, quite a bit. I really like uh, Jefferson's uh, outlook for year one. Personally, I'm going to have to disagree on Lamb. I, I can't lie. I, I know I'm an Eagles fan, and people smash me for that one. I don't think it was necessarily a bad pick. Uh, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about it, though. I, I think that it was a missed pick on the Cowboys' part. I think Jerry was uh, getting – you know, his ego was getting the best of him there. Oh, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I think that he'll have a decent year, but I think that the way that that ball gets spread out in, in Dallas is going to really hurt his fantasy value. Um, you know, personally, I, I think Dak's a – a game manager may be a little bit better. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, so he's not going to make a, a receiver look great, um, especially if you have that many targets. It's going to be tough to get the yardage. Um, and from just a football perspective, I think that they left too many holes on defense to, to really justify that pick. You're going to have to drop 30, 35 points a game to, to try and win you know, with that defense. I think that's the idea, though. I think that's why you take C.D. Lamb is because you want to drop 30-35 that game and just play the strength and almost follow a Kansas City Chief formula, per se, right there. Look, Dak Prescott was lighting it up early in the season with Kellen Moore when he was utilizing motion, utilizing mismatches. I think what C.D. Lamb does, I think it guarantees they go back to that style of play call. Remember, Kellen Moore is still going to be the play caller next year. So they're they're looking to open things up more. They're looking to play more through receiver sets. They don't really have a tight end that they have to throw the ball to. Uh, he's not going to get the volume that you necessarily want on a consistent basis from a fantasy perspective. That, that, that much is very true. He is still going to have to beat out Michael Gallup to be the continuing starting receiver opposite of a Michael uh, Murray Cooper. That's also true. Uh, so as far as redraft value goes, he might be a guy you're just taking really late as a whole potential sleeper. But from a dynasty perspective, he's at least going to beat out Michael Gallup within the next two years and be one of the starters. And because I would have more faith in him being healthy than Amari Cooper, I think dynasty-wise, he's going to be just fine. So I, was like, I would still take him just as high. He's in a good system, a good, a good schematic system there with Kellen Moore and a good offense overall. Totally agree. Okay. And with hey, the last pick in the, <laughs> and with the last pick of the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs select Clyde Elair or Clyde Edwards Elair out of LSU, uh, Houston. You had, I don't know how you saw that or looked in a Magic Eight Ball or something like that, but you called that hours before the draft started. And am I right? Yeah, I mean. I don't really know how I pulled out of the Magic Hat, but it just kind of felt like the right fit for Andy Reid and Kansas City Chiefs. What I find pretty cool is 
uh, you're sitting there on the couch, Patrick Mahomes, and you get a phone call say, hey, who do you want to take here? And, of course, uh, good pass catcher out of LSU. Can run between the tackles pretty hard. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. For non-Superflex Dynasty Leagues, I think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be could be the 101, and I think many people are considering him there at the 101 in non-Superflex Dynasty drafts. Yeah, I mean, I know that Andy Reid came out after the draft, and he was talking about uh, the great Brian Westbrook, you know, one of the best running backs that Reid's ever, you know, had under his system. Uh, and he was saying that, he's better than Brian Westbrook. And I think that most people would agree that that's pretty high praise for a a rookie that a lot of people didn't expect to go in the first round. So. Zach uh, Edwards was kind of a, uh, a fan favorites. He was starting to gain a lot of hype at the end. Well, what was your take there for the chiefs? He's, he's, it's, he fits perfectly on the chiefs to me. Like just the whole like hyphenated last name, small running back, like just looks to me like he fits in a chief's Jersey. Uh, I know he was number 22 in college. I, for some reason, I picture 33. I, it's just, to me, it was just like such like an Andy Reid pick. Like you just, you already have weapons. What does he do? He goes and drafts another weapon. Like I just like, it's, I laugh. It's funny, but I think he could have a pretty successful career in Kansas city and probably the best place for him, honestly, right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I look, it's the best play for Edwards, right? For Edwards, this boosts his value, you know, tenfold because you're going with Patrick Mahomes. It's it's going to boost your value. He's an excellent pass catcher as it is. Uh, I want people to cool it on redraft leagues because Edwards can't block. And as a rookie, as a rookie running back, you don't get a lot of playing time if you can't block. So I do think it's somebody who's going to try to be worked in a little bit. Um, and Andy Reid can compare him to Brian Westbrook all he wants. He's not Brian. He's not Brian Westbrook. Is he a running back who can play all three downs? Yeah, he is. He can run between the tackles. Is he a guy who's ever going to be able to take, be a featured guy and get 250 to 300 touches? Absolutely not. He's not, he's not that much of an ogre. He's not, he's not that much of Maurice Jones drew, which I think is what people really want him to be. He's not that compact. He's not that muscular to be able to take on that kind of a beating. So you still wind up drafting a guy in the first round who is going to be a committee guy when you had Taylor, you had DeAndre Swift, you had J.K. Dobbins, all guys I think would have made much more sense. But just from a fantasy perspective, yeah, Edwards, especially his dynasty value, especially PPR, uh, it may be Damian Williams if Damian Williams could actually last 16 games. That, that's kind of what you might be talking about there with Edwards, especially down the road. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's great. Uh, guys, it's been great. I had fun. Uh, thanks for the insight. Let everyone know where they can follow you guys at and see all the rest of your work. Uh, Houston? Yeah, so of course, first of all, follow up the Belly Up Fantasy uh, Twitter. You can find me personally at FD Houston W on Twitter. I <laughs> uh, just remember MD's Fantasy Football Show widely available on every podcast app out there. We also stream live on Twitter, YouTube, Sportscaster, Facebook, and you can always check us out on Twitter at MDSFF Show or on Facebook at MDFF Show. All right, now go uh, at it's Zach Mac on Twitter, um, at Puck Puck Pass Pod, and at What's Up Belly Up are the podcasts. Um, Otherwise, just give me a follow. I'm talking sports almost every day. It gets sadder every day, though. It does. <laughs> yeah, make sure you follow at Belly Up Football on Twitter, uh, as well as uh, at Tom or uh, excuse me at Belly Up Tom on Twitter. Uh, come roast us for all our all our takes here. I can't wait. 
I want to defend yeah. everything we say here. <laughs> Y'all can follow me at, at Aggie, Aggie Kappa Sig on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow. I'll follow back. I'm normally on Belly Up Football and Belly Up Fantasy, so you can always leave me a comment or something like that. I normally comment right back. Thanks for watching us, guys, uh, on our inaugural show of Belly Up Fantasy Live. Thanks. See you next week. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.